1: Welcome back. You know, uh, we've been talking a lot about flu shots on the show and how there's a huge increase in the demand for flu shots, both the regular and the high dose. Uh, And that is a good news story, even though the demand has often outstripped the supply. I know that I happened to be in my pharmacy yesterday and saw the big sign. We're out of flu shots. A lot of other places also out of flu shots. I think a lot of people got it, but there There is some very good news when it comes to the flu. And so far this year, they've only been 17. That's one seven confirmed cases of the flu across the country. And last year at this time, Canada reported 711 confirmed cases. And doctors are attributing this to... uh, mask wearing, social distancing and hand washing, which are all the things that we are doing to try to prevent COVID-19. Now I'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Did you get your shot? Are Are you worried about what they call the twin twindemic, which is the flu and COVID at the same time? 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 740 And now we are going to talk to Dr. Gerald Evans, Chair of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Queen's University. Hi, Dr. Evans. Good afternoon. Well, uh, so what's your reaction to this news about this, uh, I would say, infinitesimal number of regular flu cases?
2: Yes. I mean, this is uh, actually good news. And it looks like it. it is uh, at least at this very, very early part of the flu season, which starts typically at the beginning of October, uh, that our numbers are down at uh, really what may be historical lows. And that's mirroring what we were seeing uh, from the data that came out of the Southern Hemisphere flu season, which ran from uh, June through September.
1: Now, I would have guessed that uh you know this is a confirmed lab test about the regular flu that people would not be in a big hurry to get uh tested for a regular flu and I would have suspected that that might be the reason that the numbers are so low I'm, uh, but I think I might be wrong about that.
2: Well uh we uh, usually start around this time of year uh doing flu testing and we have uh, a, a sort of sentinel surveillance system that exists within Canada with certain physicians who uh, will uh, do tests on patients presenting in their practices so that we can kind of get a view of what's happening with flu uh, uh, during the flu season. So uh, this is based on, um, you know, uh, a number of tests that are done for people who are presenting to these sentinel uh, physician offices with uh, symptoms that mirror or look like influenza. So uh, I have no reason to believe that the numbers are small at the moment. And yes, there's no question that our system of testing is being challenged because we're doing so many COVID testing um, uh, things that they they basically are impacting a little bit on how the labs can do influenza. But the system is pretty rigorous. It's been running for a lot of years. And so I think right now those those figures are at least r- reasonably accurate.
1: I mean, I, there are also fewer people presenting at physicians' offices, right? Uh,
2: there's no question about it uh, that, you know, office visits to primary care docs is are down. Uh, but the, again, with the surveillance system that we have in place, uh, uh, which also, by the way, can include uh, emergency departments and other things where people are coming in for, for care, uh, is giving us a, a reasonable number. It's, it's certainly something to be uh, concerned about. Uh, but at the moment, it certainly looks like uh, we're seeing a lot less flu than we saw in previous years.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know uh, or I keep uh, hearing occasionally from people who uh, go to get tested for COVID. They've got some symptoms. It's kind of not COVID. And they assume that it's the flu.
2: Right. And so one of the things that we are doing in some jurisdictions, and certainly at my hospital uh, here in Kingston, uh, who provides some regional laboratory support to other hospitals is we're doing what's called a multiplex test. So when someone comes in um, with uh, symptoms that are typical of either, either COVID or influenza, we can take one sample and test for a number of viruses. We can test for SARS-CoV-2, the cause of COVID, as well as influenza A and B, and for another virus, which is called respiratory syncytial virus or RSV. And that's really going to help us still stay on track to make sure that if you don't have COVID, maybe we'll be able to detect what it is that you actually have.
1: And, and is that uh, the strain for the year, the A and B?
2: Yes, uh, the influenza A and B test that we use for just pick up whether the, uh, those, either one of those uh, strains of influenza are present. Uh, it will detect all influenza A and all influenza B other than extremely unusual ones, which are not really relevant. So these would be ones, uh, for instance, that are causing avian influenza, which periodically pop up. Uh, around the world,
1: and what is your advice to people? Just uh, keep keep up with the hand washing and all of that.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that I I really do believe that the impact of reducing flu that we saw massively in the southern hemisphere was due to COVID nineteen uh, precautions that we're taking, the hand washing the masking, uh, the maintaining physical distancing, all of those things are going to reduce the likelihood of transmission of a respiratory droplet spread infection like influenza, which also happens to be the primary mode by which COVID-19 spreads as well.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And do you foresee these things becoming usual? I mean, I know that uh, I have totally changed my habits in terms of just touching other people on the occasions when I actually see them.
2: Yeah, I mean, one, one of the things that I think may sort of be an offshoot of this, again, again, one of those little silver linings from this otherwise terrible black cloud of, of the pandemic, is that people may recognize that those types of habits that we've now learned uh, to prevent the transmission of COVID-19 do and can have an impact on other respiratory viruses. So perhaps in years to come, uh, people will continue to you know, practice some of those things and in that sense be able to reduce the risk that they might get um, a virus like influenza. And it's important to remember that influenza is a, a serious virus. It causes a uh, very bad disease. It can kill people uh, and it affects children as well as older adults and, and adults in their normal healthy years. So we, we should have a lot of respect for influenza and anything we can do to reduce its transmission is going to be hugely beneficial.
1: Well, yeah, we keep saying it kills about 3,500 people a year. In Canada?
2: In, Ca- in Canada, yeah, those are the estimates for sure.
1: And so hopefully this year that number will be lower?
2: Uh, that's what we're hoping. And of course, part and parcel of all these recommendations uh, about um, ensuring that you don't transmit the viruses, we've been strongly encouraging people to get their flu shot. And as you pointed out at the beginning of your uh, segment here, you you know there has been a huge uptake in people getting the flu shot. And that is incredibly important because we need to keep people healthy not getting the flu because some people when they get the flu get very ill have to come into hospital and may need ICU care at the same time that we're trying to you know control COVID-19 and prevent those exact same things so it's important to try and not allow these two infections to both exist at the same time in parallel uh, because they're really going to tax the healthcare system.
1: Now uh, there is a big uptake, but there's also uh, a shortage of some of the vaccines. And uh, I know that I think uh, Toronto public health is out of the high dose and doesn't think they're getting any more. And I uh, keep seeing there are all kinds of places that are out of everything. So uh, I don't know, what's the situation in Kingston? And what do you tell people who, uh, you know, can't get a shot?
2: Well, first of all, I would suggest to people that if you're over 65 and, and you know we know the high-dose shots should be reserved for people over that age, if there aren't any more high-dose shots, it, there's nothing wrong with getting the regular-dose shot. It's also going to protect you. We just know comparatively maybe high-dose is better. So get your flu shot even if you can't get the high-dose one and you're over age 65. Secondly, it's very interesting that it's patchy. And even here in Kingston, whereas some outlets like pharmacies and other places say they don't have uh, vaccine. Some places do. And so we have been trying to sort of work through word of mouth as well as with public health to identify those places that still have uh, flu shots available. It's important to remember that we uh, pre-order uh, flu vaccine each year. And there was Um, a pre-order that went in that was a certain degree higher than it was in previous years in anticipation that we needed to get a lot of people vaccinated. And it's unfortunate in a weird way that that even though there was an increase in how much was ordered, the demand for it is so much higher than that that it'll tell us in future years maybe we have to go even higher with our flu shot request.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in assuming that people continue to take the flu shot when they're not worried about COVID.
2: Right, and I think we're hopefully at some point going to go back to worrying a little bit more about influenza than COVID because certainly COVID has grasped the conversation for obvious reasons this year.
1: Uh, We don't have much time left. I'd like to ask you a question about now we have... Two vaccines that are showing promise. We don't know that much about them because uh, we've seen press releases and, and not really anything else. Uh, what do you tell people about uh, the prospect of getting a COVID vaccine?
2: I think we're going to have uh, not just one, but probably multiple uh, vaccines against COVID-19 uh, by next year, by mid-next year. And, you know, I think the strategies that have been adapted from uh, most places, including Canada, is we've got pre-orders in with multiple companies who have developed both the two ones we're talking about, which are mRNA vaccines, but also with companies that are developing vaccines using other uh, platforms, uh, including adenovirus vectors and recombinant proteins. So I think the public should be reassured that early signals about all the vaccines, particularly these two, is that they're, they work and we'll probably have multiple vaccines available. The next big thing is going to be getting it out to people uh, so that it, they can be vaccinated and for people to accept that this is an important thing for them to consider.
1: Well, yeah, the latest poll said 69% of people would take the vaccine. Uh, are you worried about delivering it? Uh, again, like we have about a minute, minute and a half left. Uh, one of them, the Pfizer needs to be kept at something like 70 below. The other one is easier, can be refrigerated for a while anyway in a regular fridge. Are you, are you worried about getting these millions of doses out?
2: Uh, really not really. <laughs> and I'll say this because the, you know, when we rolled out the Ebola vaccine during the West African Ebola outbreak way back in, in 2012, 2013, that was another vaccine that had to be kept at minus 70 for it to be effective. And we were administering in tropical parts of Africa. And we got 400,000 people vaccinated with that vaccine. So it is doable, certainly here in Canada and in many, many parts of the world, even in Africa. And so uh, I really don't think that's going to be a major hurdle. And I know that there's a lot of preparation going on to make sure that we can get that vaccine out to people so that they can be vaccinated.
1: Okay, Dr. Evans, what would you like to leave us with?
2: Um, Just lots of encouraging news about the fact that Uh, flu is low this year. Uh, The COVID vaccine's coming. And again, if you haven't had your flu shot this year, go out and get it. It's all going to be part of our strategy to reduce influenza.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Gerald Evans from Queen's University. Thank you, Libby. Okay. And uh, that's all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.